The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges for Modern Parenting. Check out this week's episode. Are you a genie? Hello? I'm a giant floating spirit you freed from a pot by rubbing it three times. Oh, thanks, by the way. I've been stuck in there since the 70s. So, I know this is none of my business, but Dad told me you asked him for a loan. That is none of your business. What are we doing again? Well, it's March 15th, isn't it? Yes. Then you know what happens in a month, don't you? Tax day! The Struggle is Real podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. Okay, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of The Struggle is Real. Like always, joining you is Omar Ramos, along with... Veronica Avila, and of course, our resident expert, Dr. Dr. Alicia Laos. <laughs> Hello, doctor. How are you? I'm doing well. Great. How are you, Omar? I'm doing just excellent. Thank you so much, and it's great to see you guys again. And today, we're going to be talking about money, moolah, mm-hmm. and the role it has in our lives and our family. We've named it Money Talks. Ooh, now joining the conversation via phone is Anthony O'Neill, who's helped thousands of students nationwide make good choices with their money, with relationships and education so that they can live a well-balanced life. He is also a part of the Ramsey Solutions team and has a national bestseller called Graduate Survival Guide, Five Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make in College. Welcome, Anthony. Hey, team. How are you all? Thank you all so much for having me on. I've been looking forward to this day and uh, looking forward to chatting with you all and having a good time. And we feel the same way. Now, here's the icebreaker. What did your parents teach you about money and handling finances, Veronica? Ooh, bottom line from my dad, don't spend more than you have. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) How about you? I would say um, I remember just save everything that you make. And I was like, when does the spinning part come? (laughs) It was was save all the money you make and the tithes, of course, every Sunday. I was like, my goodness. God is going to take all my money. My God, I mean, when am I going to be able to buy my Jordans, Dr. Alicia? Uh, no, for us, I think it was just a generous spirit. My parents were always just giving things to people in need in different capacities. So it was just a lot of generosity. Hmm. How about you, Anthony? Well, you know, my parents were pastors, y'all. So the very first money tip I got from my parents was, like, like he said, give your 10%, give your tithe. After that, believe it or not, they never taught me nothing else about money. So unfortunately, when I was a child, I didn't get as much just the spiritual side. Give the Lord his 10%, another 90%, really wasn't no lessons on it. Not much? Well, I want to share a couple of quick facts. A study released in May 2017 by Country Financial reported that Americans are more concerned about affording their vacations. Wow. Then having adequate retirement savings. Hmm. Also, another one released in 2017 by Bankrate found that 60% of Americans wouldn't have enough savings to pay for a $500 expense if it came up unexpectedly. I just want to add that the same survey found that one in five say that they slapped down their credit cards to pay that expense and more than one in five would seek help from family for extra cash. That's right. Now, experts recommend that Americans have at least three to six months of income in the bank to pay for unexpected emergencies. Wow. Now, I took the uh, Financial Peace University course by Dave Ramsey a while back, Anthony, and I know that this was one of the principles that he teaches. It is, it is. Uh, that study says save three to six months of your income. We promote just the minimum, save three to six months of your expenses. Mm-hmm. And so pretty much you just add up your mortgage payment, 
um, your utilities. If you have any debt, which you shouldn't have any debt once you're saving three to six months, but make sure that you're saving it the minimum three to six months. Now, if you want to stretch yourself and save three to six months of your net income, that is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And that is something that I do. But bare minimum, three to six months of your expenses is what we teach. And there's a lot we can learn and teach our kids about money today. So we're going to go ahead and uh, jump into our first skit. This is called Wishy Bank. Listen to this. Stupid old piggy bank. What am I supposed to do with this? I don't even have an allowance. Ugh, gross. It's all dirty and dusty. Hello? Whoa! Who are you? My name's Gasmodius, and it's a pleasure to meet you. Guess, guess. Just call me Gene. Everybody does. Wait. Are you a genie? Hello? I'm a giant floating spirit you freed from a pot by rubbing it three times. Oh, thanks, by the way. I've been stuck in there since the 70s. The 1970s? No, the 70s. B.C. You know, that whole Roman Empire and whatnot. Wow. That must make you really old. Oh, look, everyone. A boy genius. Let's just see how good you look when you're 3,000 years old. (sighs) Now, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm in a bit of a rush to get out of this place. Not that your tiny Midwest home isn't the pinnacle of 21st century comfort and design. But as soon as you make your three wishes, the sooner I can get a move on. Know what I mean? Why were you in my piggy bank? Would you look at this? Boy genius over here gets three wishes. And the first thing out of his mouth is, why were you in my piggy bank? (sighs) Let's just say it was a practical joke. Take it from me. Never loan money to a Macedonian. Okay. What do you say? For your first wish, I fill up that piggy bank of yours with money. Would you like that, boy genius? Sure. Then go ahead. Make your wish. How much money should I wish for? How should I know, kid? Millions of dollars? (gasps) Billions of dollars? I don't care. Just make a wish. Okay, I wish for a hundred billion dollars. Whatever you say. Mr. Billingsworth? Mr. Billingsworth! What? I mean, what? I told you I need your selections for the charities to which you'll be donating this year, sir. I'm a billionaire? Not for long. Once tax season arrives, unless we're able to set up a tax-exempt trust from which you may continue to draw a sizable income. Um, can I just get, like, a million dollars? I have stuff to do. As I'm sure you remember, we've invested a majority of your wealth as stock in a great many of your businesses. To withdraw a, like, a million dollars, as you put it, would forfeit your controlling interest in your own companies. Um, so I can't spend any of my money and I can't go to my awesome houses and play with my awesome stuff? Not now, sir. No. Gene! Hey there, boy genius. Having fun? No. Being a billionaire sucks. Having money sucks. Can we all just not use money? Like, can't the world trade goods and services for other goods and services? It might even eliminate poverty. That's my wish. For no one to have any money. Whatever you say. Hey, everyone, there he is. Yeah, it is the guy, Mr. Bicycle. I'm sorry? I fixed your bicycle two weeks ago in exchange for a plate of sandwiches for my family. And then you disappeared. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know what you're talking about. Are you calling me a liar, Todd Billingsworth? 
No, but where am I going to get a plate of sandwiches? How's that my problem, Todd Billingsworth? Did I twist your arm? No, I fixed your bite in exchange for a plate of sandwiches. Is that what you like to do, huh? Go around making transactions with people and then welching? You know what? I'm getting sick of people like you. You're the reason the whole fabric of society is torn. Let's get them, everyone. Gene! Hey there, boy genius. What's going on? You gotta get me out of here. These people are gonna kill me. So then what's your wish? I just wish everything went back to normal and that I got a reasonable weekly allowance from my parents in exchange for household chores and good behavior. Whatever you say. Back in my old room. Thank you, Gene. Thank you. Oh, don't mention it. And now that you've made your three wishes, I guess I'll be on my way. You can keep the bank to store your allowance and to remember me by. Where will you go? Well, let's just say there's a Macedonian out there that owes me some interest. So long, boy genius. So long, Gene. I'll never forget you. Yeah, but away I go! Yeah, all right, so we're back, and that was 10-year-old Todd and his experience with a genie in a piggy bank. Mm-hmm. Now, through his wishes, we heard the extremes of being rich or being extremely poor. It was all a fantasy, which ended with a topic of allowance. Dr. Alicia, how do we start talking about our kids realistically about dinero? I think developmentally think about where they're at. It mm-hmm. reminds me of my four-year-old that was went to a birthday party, and they gave the kid those big cars, you know, that are automatic, that look like they can ride them outside. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I don't know, the like power 300 wheels. bucks or something. Who uh-huh. knows? And she comes home, Mom, I want that for my birthday. And then she grabs <laughs> a little wallet where she keeps all those fake credit cards that you got in the mail. <laughs> and she's like, here, Mom, I'll, I'll give you money for it. So it's funny, but I think concretely we can do things like, uh, in our case, we give them different jars and a saving star and a giving jar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they put the pennies in there and, and what have you. And then, you know, you kind of teach them how to do that. Or when they're older, I've heard parents, as their kids are doing summer jobs or, you know, cutting down lawns or plowing snow, they'll put in those savings and then they'll match for the thing they want. So they want a skateboard and the skateboard is X dollars. They have to save the 150 and the parents will give them the 150. You oh, know, that's cool. So, because, um, you know, it might take them a really long time <laughs> to, to save it, yeah. the 100%, but it's a way to meet them halfway. So when they're older and they do have a little bit more consistency working some kind of retail job and then the parents will have them pay a bill in the house, like you know, their cell phone or something like that, to just be able to begin to understand that things are not free, the money doesn't grow on trees, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. That it takes time, it takes work to mm-hmm. actually earn the money. It's yeah. not just, they're not a penny each or whatever. Yeah. Hard to work and sweat. I think yes. at the end, it's basically being very intent and purposeful yeah. and, and figuring out with the personality of your children what will work, but just having an intentionality about it. Love it. Now, allowance is a common practice by many parents, but unfortunately not for all. Anthony, in the program that Dave Ramsey has, um, he recommends to give our kids commissions, not allowances. Can you explain to us a little bit more about that? What's the difference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The difference between an allowance and commission, and let me just be honest, I grew up getting an allowance. An allowance to me was, <laughs> hey, because I am your son, because, you know, mom and dad, you all make the money and I can't make the money, I am actually do money just because I'm a child. You know, hmm. I make up my bed, but hey, I'm getting my allowance because I'm son. So the difference between allowance and commission is, 
of what the young lady said earlier was, hey, if you work, we're going to pay you. If you do not work, you're not going to get paid. Mm -hmm. So if you make up your bed, if you sweep the kitchen, if you vacuum the floor, when you cut the grass, that's when we're going to pay you. Because, again, our job and responsibility is to raise up a child, train a child in a way that he or she should go. We got to train them for the real world. And nowhere in the real world are they going to get free money. Mm -hmm. They're going to get money if they work. If they do not work, they're not going to get money. So it's about dropping the seed a little bit earlier on in life and change the word from allowance to commission. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay you commission for doing things around the house. Now, you mentioned doing things around the house. Let's not confuse it with the things that your chores that you are expected to do because you're a part of the family, right? We're all a team and we get to do things. I like, you know, there's things that they need to do like you know, make up their bed or yes. what have you that yeah. I think it needs to be a routine. I don't want them to be like, well, how much are you going to pay me for cleaning the bathroom? And I'm like, uh, excuse me, I don't think so. So, yeah, yeah there's a, a side of that. But, you know, like it's summer and perhaps you have a project of cleaning the windows outside. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of major projects that are beyond, you know, or like weeding for every bag of weed to give you a dollar, you know, something like that, you know. <laughs> extra, the extra work that you can do. Uh, the that extra is hard jobs labor. Can, exactly. <laughs> so just, just so we put it out there. Kids yeah. don't start trying to get money for doing the dishes because that's what you do every night, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine right now my parents' faces if I would have said, you know what, hey, my my friends get an allowance. I demand one as well. Yikes. I could see my mom right now. Uh-huh, come here. I'll give you your allowance right now. You never said that to your parents, though? You never said, well, they get it. I didn't. I didn't. I wouldn't dare because I knew I was going to get it if I said that. I you did. live under this house. That's right. That is your allowance. <laughs> you are allowed to live here. I, I did say, hey, well, they get it. What can I? And they're like, yeah, well, that's them. That's, those are not my kids. You're my kids and you don't get it. Oh, yeah, exactly. okay, fine. <laughs> I want to also make, drop this suggestion as well. The young lady said earlier, you know, we shouldn't pay them commission for making up their beds. I agree if they're a teenager. But if they're three or four-year-olds, I do believe we should be giving them commission as early as they can walk and comprehend yes and no and do this. Mm -hmm. Because, again, it's about dropping the seed early on. So my nephew, for an example, is three years old, and he understands, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, Mm ma'am. But we also let him learn how to deal with money. He knows what money is. So we teach him, if you make up your bed, if you help your brother make up his bed because he's younger, we're going to give you 25 cents for Mm -hmm. helping your brother. Gotcha. If you help mom clean the kitchen, we're going to help you and give you 25 cents, 50 cents for doing work. So now... When he gets older, when he turns 10 years old, and he's a young man, a teenager, a, a young teenager. Now we're not going to give him commission for making up his bed because he's older and mature. But the younger they are, we should pay them to do certain things around the house because they start comprehending at an earlier age. As they mature and get older, take away things from making up your bed, doing stuff around the house. Now you need to be going out there cutting the grass, picking up weeds, washing mm-hmm. the car, you know, doing stuff like that. But the young baby age, yes. Pay them commission for making up their bed. Pay them commission for helping mom put the dishes in the dishwasher. 25 cents because you're dropping that seed a little bit earlier on. Hmm, So I guess just keep it age appropriate. Yes, ma'am. Okay, makes sense. Good stuff. Now, we were just talking about making money, saving money. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, Dr. Alicia, where are the kiddos learning their spending habits? Like, once they have the money, how... 
do they oh. spend it and what do they spend it on and who do they learn how to spend this money from? Yeah, I mean, we can talk all the talk, but if we don't walk the walk, mm-hmm. you know, we're sending mixed messages and they're definitely picking up just what we, how we live. So if we're constantly mm-hmm. spontaneously spending money all the time, we go to the store and we just buy what we want whenever we want to and we don't have a budget and they see that and they reflect that, they're going to just learn that, yeah. you know, that you can just, or even the credit card concept, you know, that they see, oh, you just have a little card and you just click and you pay and they, they don't associate that with that it actually costs and the, the, the <laughs> There's a banking system to that, mm-hmm. and and so they just uh, think it's easy. So they definitely will pick up on on just the spending behaviors for sure. Know, and go through that. Now that you mentioned that the credit card, I remember going to the store once and I paid with my card. It was a debit card, and my son said, "Well, if you have a credit card, can you just buy something on credit?" And I said, "No." I found it as a good opportunity to mm-hmm. talk to them about the difference between having this line of credit mm-hmm. or having this money that you can spend, and then how that works. So maybe even taking the time, uh, like the trip to the grocery to store teach. Yeah. to teach them that. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Good stuff. Now, uh, those are valid points. And with that, I'd like to go ahead and move into the next skit that we have. This is called Fair or Equal. Listen to this. Yeah? Can I come in? I guess. How's the cake? It's fine. I don't like chocolate, though. Well, it's Dad's favorite, and it's Dad's birthday, so... Mm-hmm. So, I know this is none of my business, but Dad told me you asked him for a loan. That is none of your business. Yeah, well, Dad told me. He asked me what I thought. Why did he ask you for anything? Since he's already paid for two of your master degrees and a mortgage, and I still have student loans I'm paying off, he wanted me to be okay with it. Well, it doesn't really have anything to do with you, so... He asked me why he should give it to you, and I couldn't give him an answer other than God, you, you know need what? it. It's, it it's, it's an investment. You know, he's always saying you, know, you have to spend money to make money. You, you can't pick and choose when that's true. It's always true. But why does he have to spend the money? If you don't believe in my idea, fine. You know, I didn't ask you for anything. It's not really an idea. I mean, you want to write a book, you could do that now. You don't need an investment. I need time to do it. I need supplies. I, I can't just travel to Europe on my own if I have a job. You don't have a job. I don't need you to come in here and judge me. That's not what I meant. It's just, can't you write your first book while you're working? Isn't that what a lot of authors do? And then when you sell it, that can finance your next one? What do you know about writing a book? I know that Dad can't keep supporting you like this. Don't you want him to have anything for himself? What's he going to spend it on? He's paid off this house. Mom is gone. He always worked so hard for his family to support his kids. But you're the only one who needs support. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. It takes me longer to figure out what I want to do. I'm not you. I don't have the answers all the time. You think I know what I'm doing? I don't have a clue. I just hold myself accountable. Dad's not doing anything with this money. It shouldn't just sit there because you don't need it. You don't get to decide that, though. If he wants to go on a vacation or get a car or save for his grandkids... Don't you think he's allowed? You don't get it. You know, this, this, this is how I make my way. This is it. This is all that I need. You've said that before. I have not. Yeah, you did. When dad paid for your law degree, you said it was the last expense, that you'd turn it into a career and that you'd pay him back. I did not. No one's mad at you, Steve. It's just... I just think if writing a book is what you want to do, you should think about a way to do it yourself. How do you even know about any of that? Dad asked me if he should put you through law school. What? And I told him yes. Again, this is none of your business. Maybe it is none of my business. I don't know, man, but... 
dad asked me and he made it my business and I'm not judging you. It's just maybe you should make good on some of your other promises before setting out on this completely new thing. I mean, what's your plan for 20 years from now when dad's no longer around? Why would you bring that up? Because I don't know if you've ever thought about it. You keep spending his money. I I, I don't know if you're counting on any inheritance, but at this rate... Is, is that what you're worried about, Jesus, inheritance? no! Are you listening to me? I don't care about the money. I'm worried about you. Who's going to take care of you if this idea doesn't work out? And the next one, and the one after that. Me? I can't afford to give you money. You can go. You succeeded in making me feel worthless. That's not what I'm trying to do. I just want you to think about this a little. I have thought about it. Do you realize how condescending you sound? Hating on all of my ideas, all the time, every single one. You know, if you were the one asking Dad for money, do you think he would go behind your back and tell me about it? I don't ask Dad for money. Okay. Well, thank you for stopping by. Don't be like that. Would you stop telling me what to do with your superior... God. <sighs> okay, well, I'll be downstairs with that if you feel like coming down, okay? Take my plate. <sighs> okay. That was quite interesting. We heard siblings Rebecca and Steve in their 30s. Uh, yeah, yeah, so Rebecca's very concerned because apparently her brother Steve, everything that he's done has been paid by Dad. And he still hasn't figured out what he wants to do, but now he wants to write a book. And Dad is once again going to cover the expenses. Uh, doctor, help. <laughs> what happened here? Yeah, yeah. So we'll see that in here, money is emotional. Yeah. And there's a lot going on. It's definitely loaded. He seems to have a history of asking, you know, all these pet projects or ideas that come his way mm -hmm. to his dad and having his dad mm -hmm. be the one that invests in all these ideas and projects and is unstable and then starts playing the victim role when he is confronted by his sister yeah. who is noticing this pattern and is very concerned about the habits that he's carried on which are then enabled by the dad who continues to do a green light, give a green light for all these ideas. And I get it as parents, we want to be supportive of our kids and we don't want to be the ones that boo-boo or, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. poo down on some ideas that our kids have. We want them to provide the resources or the support they need in order to have a dream. And here, it's very evident that there's a pattern of just one thing after another and not consistent. And at the end, it seems like instead of doing a favor, it's actually backfiring mm -hmm. and creating just really bad habits where he's relying on his dad for every new idea and not putting in an effort to bring some, some effort from yeah. his part. It would be different if he says, hey, I came up with half the money or this is what the plan forward. And then he'd come halfway, but there's none of that. And so there's some concern, but it's loaded with the emotion, which just really plays out the reality that a lot of families are, are facing with, that money is emotional. The decisions mm -hmm. that are being made are emotional. It comes back to personality. Some some folks are spenders, some are savers. It comes back to our traditions and how we grew up with in terms of our stories of how money, like what we talked about earlier, how money was taught to us. Yes. Some money has an association of social status. Some it's, you know, retirement for the future, whatever it might be, those attitudes, when they're not spoken about early on, then this skit plays out different situation, but it basically plays out what is happening in a lot of living rooms when it comes to the money talk. When do you cross the line? When do you stop the, the 
enabling mm-hmm. when? No, I mean, you, you have to stop when you start seeing the pattern. Maybe you don't realize what you're doing until but you start realizing, okay, they're really taking advantage of me and this is not helpful. You got to really cut the, cut cut the, the cord. Yeah. Yeah. Cut the cord. Now, Anthony, when it comes to this scenario, this particular scenario, what do you tell college kids about being financially dependent from their parents and when to become financially independent? What do you say to them? Well, you know, before I even have the conversation with the student, I always have a conversation with the parent. You know, in this scenario, it's kind of sad. I would say 60% of this issue, the fault, is on the parent. 40% is on the young man that's 30 years old. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind that as parents, we shouldn't stop it um, after we see so many signs. We, at a certain age, we need to start letting our children step out there on their own and start taking ownership of their life. For example, I was eight I was 19, 19 years old, got into a lot of debt, got kicked out of school, and I had to come home. And my father, at the age of 19, said, you're not coming home. You made these decisions. I'm not paying you the money. And my father is wealthy. He had the money. He could have paid for everything and just wiped it clean. But he said, no, I'm not giving you any money, and you're not coming home. You're going to be a young man, and you're going to learn from this mistake that you made. Mm -hmm. You're going to deal with it. And at that time, I became homeless. But you know what I tell parents? It's okay to say no and to just let them feel a little bit of burn, a little bit of heat, because that's where the growing matures from. And now today, at the age of 33, I'm a better and stronger man because mm-hmm. of what my dad said no. He didn't wait to see a bunch of patterns. He said, no, it's that time for you to grow. Then I had a conversation with a college student like, hey, you're 18, you're 19, you're in college. Start making mature decisions and stop relying on mom and dad for help. If you work like it all depends on you and your parents see that, hey, you can use a little bit of help, then go ask your parents. But make sure that you're trying to do everything in your power to start owning and to start taking responsibility Mm -hmm. for your life. But in this scenario, the father shouldn't have to ask, should he? The father should just say no. He shouldn't be living with his father, especially a 30-year-old man. So that's what I would tell the young people, like, hey, start owning your life. But then I even have this conversation now with parents, even to a high school student at 16, 17 years old, saying, hey, mom and dad, can I go buy these new pair of Jordans? When I have a child, I'm not buying my kid a $150 pair of shoes. Mm -hmm. They're going to go work for it and buy it themselves. I'll drive them. (laughs) They're going to buy it. You know, so it's going to be it's going to be a 50 50 because here it is the more it's caught they catch more than we can teach them mm-hmm. so if we can show them up front like hey you're not going to ride my coattail for the rest of your life at about 16 17 years old we need to start backing up a little bit so when they become 20 21 years old they graduate college these are fully grown responsible mature adults who now come to their parents for guidance and wisdom not money and not for a whole bunch of other stuff but more so for wisdom and guidance as they're now becoming into the adult life. Love it. That's what I call tough love, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get the uh, the lesson. You have stronger character afterwards. Congratulations on, on bouncing back to you, being where you are now and being able to let other kids know, and not kids, uh, young adults, that they have to take responsibility of their own lives at some point. Right, yep. doctor? Yeah, you have to be responsible for your own self. Mm-hmm. And I would say, though, that we can teach that, as we said earlier in the previous skit, teach that slowly, developmentally across, instead of waiting for the 18th hour. 
before or when the patterns are repeating itself. And just thinking about the values. I mean, the other day I just was at the mall picking something up and saw this one mom. You know, those have play areas. Here's in the winter. Yes. So, so it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, let's play with the kids there. And this one mom was talking about, you know, these shoes with a lighted thing. And she went to like five stores to find the lighted shoes because that was the the thing. And then the kids saw it in the ad. And so she like went from store to store to find these. And I'm sitting there going, are you kidding me? So in here it was, you know, this value of we got to get the new shiny thing and we're going to really go out of our way as our parents and, you know, to just get this one thing. So the value that we're teaching our kids is that that thing is really important and your identity is tied to it and you're not worth it. And so they're, you know, unless you have this thing. And so Mm -hmm. it just feeds that. And so later you find yourself in a position, you know, that 18, 20 year old that they're asking for something and you're feeling like you have to go out of your way and bet yourself backwards to get them the thing that they want. So you can habituate yourself to those things. So don't put yourself in a situation. You know, it's kind of having that forethought and thinking about the future. What kind Mm -hmm. of a child do you you know, your child, what kind of an adult do you want him to be? And you got to teach him now today. The 18 years is a training ground. It's a boot camp for adulthood. So you got to think about it that way. The choices that you make earlier on for them, Mm -hmm. because you're an adult, are going to be reflected in the character that they have later. Most definitely. Boot camp to prepare them for for later on in life. I like that. Dr. Leach, thank you for that. So we're going to go ahead and uh, listen to our final sketch. This is called Parenting Can Be Taxing Work. Um, Mom? Yes, honey. What are we doing again? Well, it's March 15th, isn't it? Yes. Then you know what happens in a month, don't you? Tax Tax day! Tax day? Dad, what are taxes? We've been over this, haven't we, Mace? No. Oh, well... Everyone in the country pays taxes, and that money goes towards the things we all share, like roads, public schools, health care, law enforcement, immigration, Medicare, Medicaid, conservation programs. And you're excited to pay for all this stuff? Well, taxes have to get paid whether you want them to or not, so might as well choose to love them. Right, Papa Tax? (laughs) Right, Mama Tax. Now... Rose and I have printed out all of our forms in triplicate, so we can have a practice form, a real form, and an extra form just in case. Do you have the 1040s? Check. Schedule C? C on the C, senorita. Check. Schedule D? Delightful Schedule D. Check. You have my 8949? I do, and it's simply sublime. You have your W-2s? I do, I do, I do! All right, family, let's do Do our our taxes. taxes! What are all these receipts for, Mom? Oh, uh, well, you know how my work as a blog writer is an independent contracting position? Yeah. Well, these are all the purchases I made this year that were business-related. Getting my computer fixed, taking people out to eat, everything I spent money on that was for work, I get to report here under expenses. And the government just pays you for that? Well, not exactly, but it does counter what I owe, so it's important to keep track of everything you spend. Hey, where are your receipts, Dad? Well, I have a different kind of job than your mom, so my employer covers most of my expenses up front. I don't have to keep track of as many things. What about gas to work? Well, there's that, yeah. And business lunches? A few of those, sure. Well, don't you want to keep track of all those to counter what you owe in taxes? Well, actually, the government owes me for taxes. What? Yeah, they take taxes out every month. At the end of the year, they pay me back what they owe. Why do they owe you anything? Why don't they just take the correct amount? Is the government stealing your money, Dad? No, not exactly. It's just... It's just how it works. I don't want the governor to take my money. Well, then, maybe you want to be an independent contractor like your mom. But I think I'd rather get money back at the end of the year than owe money. Well, that's why I invest in stocks, too, so I can still make money at the end of the year. I got socks. I got even blue socks. (laughs) Not socks. Stocks. 
What are stocks? I can't believe they don't teach all this stuff in school. I know, right? I mean, I'm going to have to do this in like three years. That's why we're doing it now. So, a stock is a little tiny piece of a company, any company, that allows people to invest in it. What's invest? Okie dokie, so we're back and we overheard a TC, the mom who's an independent contractor who likes to save her money and pays taxes at the end of the year. Now, Cliff, Papa Tax, uh, <laughs> he's an employer. <laughs> he's an employer and makes more money, but he also likes to spend more. Now, they've involved their kids, Rose, who's 15, and Mace, who's uh, 10, in the tax preparation process. I don't know. This sounds a little overwhelming. It seemed like the kids were kind of like, what? wait, what? What's going on here? Okay, we're making money, but then we got to like give it back. How helpful is getting your well, kids involved when it comes to Well, first of all, I need to figure out what they're taking, because usually when it's our tax time, my husband and I are like, uh, so, wow, they're so excited about it, usually it's just, you but know, the, what a drag. But hey, they're trying to use the opportunity to teach the kids, and, you know, we can all take pointers from that use. I think the point is, figure out, you know, in this case it's taxes, but it's whatever it may be, you know, you have to pay bills every month, so mm-hmm. is there a way to involve your kids in that? So it's interesting thinking about, you know, you're going to go and buy groceries and you bring them there, maybe that's an opportunity to teach yeah. them that this costs things and just the day-to-day things. I don't know that yeah. I would do it with the taxes because I'm not that's, excited yeah, about taxes, I, but hey, <laughs> to each his own. The only thing I knew about taxes growing up was when I would see like my parents' pay stub, I would see the thing, I would read the little information because uh-huh. they'd leave the pay stub sometimes on the table, kitchen table, and it'd say taxes. I'd be like, what the heck is going on here? And I would ask my mom and she'd be like, ah, Miko, don't worry about it. Not your, not your turn yet. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, here comes Your first fast forward and my first check. And at the end of the year, of course, it was like, oh, you got to go get your taxes done. Mom, what are you talking about? Okay, so I understand what they're doing, just kind of prepping their kids for mm-hmm. that so it doesn't catch them by surprise. But to be very careful when it comes to talking to your kids about taxes, I guess, so it, you know, they don't get overwhelmed. For sure. Now, Anthony, how mm-hmm. do you start teaching the kids in a way that they understand early on and then depending on their age moving forward? Taxes right now is a mature conversation, so that's something you definitely want to have a conversation with when it comes to high school students, especially when they when they have a job, because taxes will be coming out. So you want to sit down with them and explain to them, maybe not your taxes, but how they will end up paying taxes. But now when you're talking about a kid who's five years old, 10 years old, I think that's a little bit too mature for them because that's more than basics. Stick to mm-hmm. the basic stuff when it comes to finances with kids. Teach them how to save, give and just spend. Those are three things that we really want you to teach kids up mm-hmm. until they have a job. Just save, spend, uh, because those are primary things. Now, when they turn 16 years old or when they start their own business, maybe at the age of 11 or 12 years old, then now let's sit down and show them how they're going to be paying their taxes. Because mom and dad taxes is going to be a lot difficult to understand to a 12-year-old when they don't have to focus on theirs. So depending on the age, Depending on what they have coming in, make sure that we're, we're trying to keep it at their level mm-hmm. while, yes, exposing them a little bit. Now, telling them like, hey, mom and dad and I are going to go pay taxes and showing them a little bit of stuff is great. But going through a full detail of this and that at that young of an age, I mm-hmm. would not do it because they need to learn the basic stuff first. Because believe it or not, 60% of American people do not know the basic stuff when it comes to financial literacy. So mm-hmm. let's teach them the basics and they'll already be ahead of the majority of America. Absolutely. You don't want to overwhelm them at, at, at a young yeah. age yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that, Anthony. Well, thank you both for a very uh, interesting and important conversation. Anthony, I would like to ask you, where can we learn more about you, your book, Nevertheless, the Ramsey Solutions team? Yeah, man, 
thanks again for having me on you all. Um, everything is anthonyoneal.com, or you can just Google Anthony, and all social media is Anthony O'Neill. It's just an extreme honor. We have two books out right now. One is The Graduate Survival Guide, and we have another one, which is called The Teen Entrepreneur Toolbox. Hmm. And this is an amazing product that's teaching younger people how to start their own business and how to start making money. Cool. We're learning that people are taking this toolbox seriously or making on average young people, age 11, on average between two and $300 a month. So mm. you can learn all that information on anthonyoneal.com and all my social media is at Anthony O'Neill. Great stuff. Thank you so much. Awesome. Doctor, what tips do you have to close our Keeping It Real segment today? Let's provide concrete teaching moments where kids, according to their developmental stage, mm-hmm. we can augment that and grow that and mature that explanation, but just keeping in mind that it's important to teach them just some financial principles that are basic so that when they're 18, they're not surprised and yeah. life hits them, you know, really hard and they're, and then they're freaking, freaking out. Freaking I- out. <laughs> yeah. And then choices that are poor are made afterwards. So yes. just like with everything, let's just be intentional in terms of how we're teaching kids and money is one of them but do put money on the table do talk about it don't make it some stigma or some secret thing that you know the day of when they work or the day that they become an adult that all of a sudden it's unveiled yes. <laughs> make it something that it's it's normal we need it we use it so now that you mentioned that and i know we're, we're wrapping up but really quickly how about also sharing appropriate obviously stories of maybe the mistakes that we've done in our lives just so that they don't do the same thing absolutely kids love when you talk to them especially when they're younger they really want to talk to you Mm -hmm. to you so take those opportunities to teach cool Mm -hmm. yeah they're very curious no doubt about it so uh that wraps up today's episode of the struggle is real you can find additional resources at familybridgesusa.org all righty to stay on top of the struggle is real you can also connect with us via social media at hashtag the struggle is real or hashtag tsir thanks for tuning in we're veronica avila and and I am Omar Ramos along with Dr. Alicia Laos. Till next, next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com.